Hey folks, thank you for tuning in to Go Black Boy Go. Um, I'm back with another episode and with another guest. Before we get into our conversation, make sure to give me a subscribe on iTunes and make sure to share the episode um, on all of your social media platforms, whatever the kids are on these days. <laughs> um, all right, Brian, do you want to introduce yourself? Hi, everyone. My name is Brian Thurman. I am a fraternity brother of Jalen's uh, mm-hmm. and also a past roommate. So yeah, he and I are, too. you know, sort of close, I would say. Yeah. And I, I'm very, I'm actually very excited to be a guest on an episode. I've been waiting. I've been, I'm so excited. <laughs> Brian, really? Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm, re- I'm really excited to be a guest. Oh, <laughs> That that is so sweet. <laughs> That's so sweet that you want to uh you want to come on. I really appreciate that. Um you. Oh. Oh my god, yes. Black masculinity, black love, etc. I love this. I, I cherish this moment. <laughs> um yeah, no, so, yeah, I, I completely, yeah, we were, like, roommates for, what, two, three years? And then we yeah. went to high school together. Yes, we did, actually. Played yeah. in band. Yeah. yeah. I always forget that. For yeah, I guess we're going to keep knowing each other. Yeah, we didn't really, <laughs> yeah, we didn't really come close until college, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. and you were, yeah, you were in... You graduated when I was in 10th grade and yes, went to yes. Montevallo. And mm-hmm. then, I re- then, then I remember that you were there, and so I applied there. And then, yeah. Yeah, that, that's how I ended up there. <laughs> and then we, yeah, and then we joined a fraternity together. <laughs> um, yeah, so Brian, what have you been up to um, since, like, cause, and then, okay, this is the other part. You went to grad school, and then I went to grad school. <laughs> yes, that's right. Yeah, we 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 also we both went far away from yeah, Home. where we're originally from for grad school too. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. so yeah, I guess, I guess yeah, Brian. I guess you're. I guess you've inspired my life. <laughs> <laughs> I guess you've inspired my life. Wow. Uh. Why am I? Yeah, why am I just now realizing this? Hmm. Yeah. Huh. That's interesting. I feel like we don't talk a lot, though. I feel like I feel like we don't need to talk a lot, though. Yeah, we kind of just pick up where where we, where we leave off. Yeah, the, true. I think that's the best type of friendships. Yeah. You know, no, that's true. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, you, usually when I haven't seen you for a, a while, I'll be like, I'm like, oh, you still doing such and such, and you be like, no, let me catch you up on blah blah blah, and then I'm like, okay, and then I'll be like, okay, that's enough, Bryant. <laughs> that's true. That's true, and I, you know, I do the same with you, like, oh, you know, that's enough, uh, Jalen. <laughs> <laughs> I feel that. I feel that. But um. How so? What have you been doing since you um, decided to um, leave graduate school? 
Okay. So when I, well, I kind of went on. Like, well, one, well, first, do you want to like, could I ask you like, what were some of your um, reasons for deciding to leave or take a break? Oh, yes. You were originally uh, in in PhD for chemistry. Chemistry at um yes. do you want to say the university? <laughs> the the University of Illinois at Chicago. Okay. Um I didn't know if you wanted to to say them or not. But um what yeah, what were some of your reasons for for deciding to leave? Um they were really just kind of it was all personal with me, really. Um, okay. <clears throat> uh, I just, I just didn't have the drive. Yeah. There were there were some things in my personal life that kind of had that kind of made me lose the drive. Yeah. To keep going, mm-hmm. uh, that was one reason. Uh, uh, that coupled with my mental health declining. Okay. Um, and my project. <laughs> not working mm. uh, and me actually having to switch to another project and that not working either oh god and then, so it was kind of like a like <laughs> three things and yeah. i was like you know what i think that i would be much happier if i just left and that was a very tough decision yeah. and i i remember actually i cried in my pi's office when i told him that i was leaving mm-hmm. so yeah, I was I shed tears. So it was it was a very tough decision uh to do that. Um but I feel like it was the right decision. I've been I've been much happier yeah uh, since. Yeah, I can I can tell, yeah. Yeah. And um yeah, I've been much happier since and uh my life is has been going is going pretty well, uh all things considered. And yeah, is 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 it yeah, I, I think I made the right decision. Yeah, I mean, because, um, you know, we, it's always like, or at least I gather that it's always like this, it's kind of discouraged when people decide to leave, or it's not, it's like hush when people decide to leave academia. And right. before I was someone who was like, no, if I'm in, I'm going to stick it through. I'm never going to. St- think I'm gonna like leave like why would I do it but then I'm like you know what I understand now I really do and it's like sometimes I just kind of like flirt with the possibility of me like just take either taking a break or deciding to leave entirely just Mm -hmm. like yeah I don't know I just I go back and forth between what are my real investments in wanting to continue with a PhD um, and, like, enter into, like, academia and whatnot. Um, right. I'm sometimes not sure if I want to, like, do that. And if I do do it, I don't want to be one of those, like, super academics. Like, <laughs> I want to just be able to teach write a good book and do my own thing. <laughs> yes. And I mean, like you can do that though. Like once you get your PhD, like you just, like you just kind of do whatever. Just, yeah. You know, I got a PhD. So, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know, that's kind of one of the things that, uh, it's funny that you mentioned that. Yeah. Cause that's one of the things that, you know, 
happens. And I mean, I, another thing that like kind of encouraged me to, you know, just kind of find my own way too, was that my plan, like I never really intended after grad school to go into academia. Like I didn't really want a teaching position anywhere mm. or even a postdoc for real. If I, if I did want a postdoc, I would want it to be out of the country, but mm. I digress. <laughs> um, my, my plan was after a PhD, I was, I wanted to work in industry as a PhD person. So I, you know, I didn't really want to the teaching lifestyle right off the bat. Mm -hmm. I was like, that's something that I can do later. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, (laughs) so, um, yeah, that, so that kind of encouraged me to leave too, because I was like, well, I mean, like, it's not like I'm going to teach right after, you know, I leave here, Mm -hmm. even though I enjoyed uh, my time as, you know, a teacher, I, I didn't want to do it you know, fresh out. Yeah. Teaching is hard. It is. It is. Yeah. It is. And especially, especially if, um, I, I don't know how your, how your professors feel about it, but you know, sometimes they, they kind of make it seem like they don't care about your teaching. <laughs> so, mm, you know, the you kind of have to kind of switch your focus yeah. at least in, in my field, I had to kind of switch mm. my focus from making sure these students were okay and, you know, teaching them and trying to be the best TA, TA I can be for them and to, like, uh, I don't really care what you do. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have, I, I feel like I've been lucky to have most of my professors be professors that are that demystify like needing like the professor needing to be like all knowledgeable and like they even say you know teaching like my advisor told me like teaching is hard like teaching is one of the hardest things about my job like I don't feel comfortable teaching and I'm like me too (laughs) um and yeah I guess and I said so it doesn't ever get any better she said no (laughs) <laughs> I said, well, at least I can, at least, at least that's the truth. And I can, I can decide if I want to, you know, deal with that. <laughs> that's so funny. Yeah. And I guess, I guess that's kind of like the main, maybe one of the difference between, you know, humanities and uh, for like a better term, hard science is like, you know, in my field, it was just like, this is what it is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you don't like it, Sorry about it. That's what it is. Yeah. Get over it, you know. And yeah, it, it, you know, it, it was just kind of hard trying to uh, teach and trying to, you know, get, get some, uh, I wouldn't say the care, but trying to help them throughout their process because I know how hard my field can be. Yeah. So I was you know, I was constantly trying to be an, an encourager and an uplifter any way that I could. That's good that you felt that. And do you feel like you, you were successful at, at doing that? Like, were those mostly science majors that were in that class that you were a uh, discussion leader for? I think, I think so. I believe so. Uh, a lot of them, yeah, they were... Um, you know, pre-med, track, pre-nursing, mm. that type of thing. 
And so, yeah, it, I, I felt like, I felt like I, you know, I, I knew how hard it could be. And so I was like, Hey, you know, don't let this mm. class be the, the class that stops you from, you know, reaching your goal. So I guess I asked that because as a English person, I've been teaching composition courses and it's like required courses for whatever major you have. And so like in general, the students come in not really wanting to already having writing anxieties, but not really wanting to engage in general um, because it's because it's required and it's like outside of their they feel like because it's outside of their degree, they feel as though it's not useful. And so like that's what I've had to teach under. And I don't know. I guess I like that challenge because in general, I, I tell them, okay, just write about whatever is important to you. And it like, if it's about your major, like do that. I'd rather you do something that is more important to you. I'd rather you write about something that's more important to you. So like I have gotten like science, like people like writing about science reports and I don't really understand anything in it, but it was good. They communicated an argument. <laughs> And so I was like, okay, like you wrote, you wrote about something that was interesting to you, but I feel like in general, it's a lot of pressure to, it's a lot of pressure for people to teach under those like conditions because it's like the students will come in already like disinterested. And so you're going to, you're going to personally, you're going to take it as like a personal thing. Like, oh my God, I have to. I have to be more authoritative because they're going to run over me and they need to, you know, have all of their grammar correct and blah, 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 you know? And I'm just like, I'm just like, you look, I really don't care. (laughs) I really don't fucking care. I don't want to be here teaching this damn class. You don't want to be taking it. So, you know, we're going to, we're going to make it easy. That's so funny. Yeah, I, I, I had students uh, that were, you know, you know, it's general chemistry or, you know, introductory to chemistry. So it was most likely just the class that they had to take and for some of them. And, you know, some of them, even if it wasn't even in their major, they still did well. Like I had a, a business major and they were like, got like, A's on every single test mm-hmm. like that <laughs> was that was uh that they had. So you know sometimes you have those outliers, but yeah, I definitely feel and understand like that challenge of okay, like you know just one just try and I I would tell them try and open up your mind and release those blocks that you have probably about chemistry because it was probably that class in mm-hmm. high school that they hated you know <laughs> yeah i guess that's the same with um with like english and and writing it's like a class that people dread taking because they come in already thinking they're bad writers because because of all the like strict rules that they've learned in high school i think it's useful i i think you know being told that you're bad at writing is is good because <laughs> Then when you get somewhere after a while and you're like trying to write and then you get someone who says, you know, 
it's more about your ideas, which is what I do. It's more about your ideas than just, you know, grammar and stuff. It's good that you know the grammar. It's good that that's been drilled. It's like drilled in. But it's like that kind of writing doesn't teach you to think. And so now now we got to get you to think. <laughs> All right, Brian, let's get into some classic shit. So, <laughs> so um, I, you know, gave you the option to or the opportunity rather to pick a song and you picked um, di- the Diamonds Are Forever remix by Kanye West featuring Jay-Z. OK. And what are the like lyrics that you want to point out as like, I guess, really thought-provoking or really interesting to you oh yes so um yeah so the uh diamonds diamonds are forever uh remakes is really just talking about how it's really kind of to me it's about legacy and so kanye west um was talking about how he is creating a legacy in this song kind of like how diamonds you know diamonds are forever forever legacies are forever hmm. and so that you know he's he's like i'm not talking about diamonds uh that be glowing i'm talking about rockefeller Mahone, you know that type of thing and so one of the uh the things he talks about is kind of a uh, conflict that can arise within uh the black man or just the black person in general <clears throat> and so he talks about uh, drugs uh, in and of itself and uh, the drug trade, the drug movement. And so let me get into this okay. lyrics here. Okay. Over here, it's the drug trade. We die from drugs. Over there, they die from what we die from drugs. From what we buy from drugs, I'm sorry. Uh, and he's talking about, you know, like in uh, Africa, you know, other places across the seas, the drug trade. Mm-hmm. Right? <clears throat> the diamonds, the chains, the bracelets, the charms is I thought my Jesus piece was so harmless till I seen a picture of a shorty armless. And so he's, he's talking about how, you know, you can get all this jewelry and you don't really think anything of it. And then he said he saw a picture of uh, a girl and she didn't have any arms. Mm. And uh, he realized that it was, she was part of, you know, the, the drug wars, that's that type of thing. Mm-hmm. But then he goes on to say, and here's the conflict. It's in a black person's soul to rock that gold. <clears throat> Spend your whole life trying to get that ice. On the polar ru- on the polar rugby, it looks so nice. How can something so wrong make me feel so right? Hmm. And what so, is that last? What do you What do you say? What would you say the last part is about? And so uh, that last part is talking about how. Uh, you know, as, as a black person, he believe, he's, he's saying he believes as a black person, they feel like they have to, to outshine. It's, it's in your soul to rock that gold, hmm. to, to shine, to, you know, to, to outdo or to just be, you know, in your own way to just be noticed or to, to have your, your type of swag. Mm-hmm. And, uh, he said, you spend your whole life trying to get that ice. For a lot of uh, black men in general, they just, you know, that 
I gotta I gotta have my chains, my watches, my bracelets or whatever, and not knowing they don't know that what what uh, what could have occurred or what happened for you to even be able to get that tra- that chain or whatever here in America, like what happened overseas, mm. that type of thing. <clears throat> and so he's saying, how can something so wrong make me feel so right? You know, the, the classic, we we want what's not good for us. So, so he's kind of, he's, so I'm just trying to understand the verse. So he's talking about like how other countries have to produce the gold and stuff that we wear here. Right. Okay. And then you also about why we want to, why, why, why you, you said why black men want to wear jewelry. Yes. Okay. Yes. Um. Hmm. I don't know if I share this with you, but I do have some reservations for for Mister Yay. Um. I mean, well, this could be a whole episode, so I'm not even gonna go that way. Um. I'll just say, I. Well, in general, I don't really listen to male rappers. Um, and I think I've said this before. Um, uh, but I don't really listen to male rappers because I I generally don't like hearing about like wealth from like I don't like hearing about male wealth that much. Like when it's a wo- when it's a woman talking about it, I'm like, "Yes, bitch, get that money." But when it's a man talking about like when it's like 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 a Jay Z or a Kanye, I'm just like, Ugh, I've had enough. <laughs> so I don't know, like, but but I I I feel as though I mean I haven't actually like listened to their music. Um, Drake is this a, is old Kanye, by the way. Old okay okay that's what that's why I'm more like ooh maybe I should check this out because I do like old Kanye. Right. I do like old Kanye. I don't know if I like new Kanye. Yeah, this is this is old Kanye. This is for all the listeners. This is from the late registration album. So this is sec should be the second album. Yeah. Okay. College dropout late registration. Okay. So <laughs> I do like early, I do like old Kanye. So plus there, but um, yeah, I was I was gonna say yeah. Um, I guess I just I. I generalize them because most of them are like that. Um, and I guess I want to see if, if it's, if there, if I would get something out of it or if I would uh-huh. still be annoyed. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, it, it's funny because, you know, ironically, I don't, I don't necessarily go out of my way to listen to like new uh, female rappers. Mm. And it's not that I don't like them or that, you know, I don't want to hear it. And it's really just because I just, I just can't relate to mm. a lot of stuff that they're saying because I'm a big lyrical person. Like I want to know what you're saying in your song. Mm-hmm. Uh, bonus. If the, if the production is brilliant and great and can, you know, you know, make me uh, feel something. But I also just want to know 
what it is that you're saying. Uh, so a lot of the times I just can't relate to, you know, bitch, get that money, you know, right, <laughs> you know, shaking your ass. I just can't relate to that because this is not, this is not who I am. I relate uh, to it because I'm a I'm gay man. <laughs> what you say? I said I relate to it because I'm gay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to be better. Uh, and, you know, a lot of, a um, lot of, uh, um, a lot of um, my friends kind of get on to me about it. Uh, like one of your, uh, one of our close fraternity brothers, you know, he kind of gets on to me about it. Like, oh, how can you not listen to them? Uh, constantly, and I'm just like, well, I mean, you know, I can't relate to it. Even my girlfriend gets on to me about it, so you know, I'm I'm tr- I'm trying to be better about that. Well, so. it's like it's like I get I hear like you're you you like you don't like like the like popping pussy booty shaking like. It's not that I don't like it. It's just that I I can't relate, relate to. Okay, you can't. Okay, I get you can't relate to that. Um. Maybe you just have to keep like fi- trying to find like female artists that you do relate to, um, yeah. and maybe just stay with that niche because I'm with I like that ratchet shit. I love it. I love it. I also like um, because I like the ratchet stuff because I see I I see more than just like. Like the like the I guess coolness. Yeah, I see more than just that. I, I see like free expression. I see right. black joy. Like that's right. what I see in it. Um, but maybe another artist might, another female artist might, um, allow you to feel that. Um, you just might have to look around more. Right. And, and uh, like I said, a lot of the times, if I am listening to, like, a female artist, it's because I like the way the song sounds. Mm-hmm. I, like, I just, I, I enjoy the way the song sounds. And it's not that I can relate to the lyrics, but I just, I like the way the song sounds. Just plain as simple as that. Do you feel like you put more, like, do you feel like you're more likely to dismiss a song from a female artist than you are for a male artist? I would, I would probably agree with that. You are, but like I said, I'm trying to be better. Yeah. So it's something you've realized. (laughs) It's something you've realized. Yes. And what made you like realize that and want to like change it? The fact that I have a bunch of my friends, you included, that listen to female artists, Mm -hmm. um, and just kind of berate me and, you know because <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I don't feel like i'm a bad person so i was just you know like like i, like, I want to and it was like i'm trying i'm gonna be better about this i promise i want to i want to listen to i want to listen so i you know have to i also am the type of person where i'm always listening to kind of like my old music yeah. in a way and i don't really kind of like new make music the time yeah. and the effort to go and seek new music constantly yeah so i'm that type of person too so a lot of the times like in my music library if i if unless i like absolutely love the song it's most likely not that new if it, if that makes sense mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. well i guess well, I guess um, it is a way that because, you know, 
I I I guess speaking for me, but I kind I I know who you. I think I know who you're talking about. Um, but we don't gotta say their name. But, um, I think for me, I like the straight men that I am friends with. I do want them to listen to, like other female artists because. I feel like it's, at least with me, I feel like it's a way that I'm like, here, listen to women's voices. Listen to black women's voices. Right. <laughs> um, right. And then it is a way that I am trying to, like, find some, like, common relation or, like, I guess to, like, maybe share a different perspective with you, maybe. I don't know. I haven't really mm-hmm. thought more seriously about it um, until just now. But yeah, I think that's why. I think that's why we do that, Bryant. <laughs> yes, yes, and I I definitely get that, and that's why that's why it kind of like kind of opened my eyes to yeah. me being like, well, I need to, I need to make that effort, and it starts with me actually taking the time to explore new music because, like I said, I'm not the person to always do that. Mm-hmm. I used to be. I used to be the person to always be exploring new music. But, you know, I guess I, I, I guess I just got no. <laughs> yeah, sometimes, I yeah, just... I feel that. I feel that. <laughs> yeah, I'm just, I just want, I just want my, I just want what I don't really listen to. I don't know. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, but, um, yeah, so, uh, it, yeah, it starts with me. Hmm. Yay. <laughs> Yay. That's good. <laughs> this is like a therapy session honestly we're having so many revelations with each other yes we are aren't we <laughs> and that has been some classic shit alright Brian I am you're gonna be my guinea pig for this next segment uh, oh goody <laughs> I'm calling this Straight uncomfortable sex questions for straight men. Okay. And I guess I'll just ask you what I have from my list. Some I have like two listener questions. So the first one is, did watching porn give you an unrealistic expectation that made sex less enjoyable to you? Hmm. Uh, I wouldn't say I wouldn't say it made it like no, no. I guess I guess the the question would I guess the answer would be no for me personally. Okay. No. Um. Uh, I feel like it's it for like maybe another gender, like for females, it might be kind of unrealistic for them. <laughs> Unfortunately, you know. What say more? Uh, so, you know, with, like sometimes in porn, like their dicks are big. Right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so like, you know, and so maybe if, you know, you're a female and you're watching it, um, uh, you're expecting all dicks to be big. I don't know. Yeah. So, no, no. I think, no, that, that be, so it might be unrealistic. Yeah. Well, it is unrealistic. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> so you're saying that. So for for you, you're saying no. For me, no. And no. why would why is that? Because actually, like I get, I start getting ideas. 
like while okay. watching porn. I, oh, well, maybe I should like try this. Kind of do what they did, but like maybe do something a little different. I don't know. Do do you feel like because sometimes you know in in porn it is um it there's like rough sex happening and so <laughs> were were like do you feel like you um yeah do you feel like you learned like roughness from that or did were you like no I don't think that's a way that you know, someone wants to be, you know, fucked. <laughs> uh, uh, oh, yeah, that's a good question. Uh, oh, yeah, I don't know if I if I learned that from that. Okay, uh, it's probably just um, I'm I'm very big on open communication. Okay, in the bedroom. Okay, so if you want, if you want that type of thing, you you're gonna have to tell me, and then I will do my best to oblige. <laughs> So, so consent, yeah, consent, yeah. Okay, okay, good job. Okay, I was pleased with that um, answer. I didn't see. I, I, I was just actually no. You answered it right. It was you answered it in the way of having consent. So, right. I don't see any issues there. Um, I'm I'm just trying to make sure Twitter doesn't back backlash on you. <laughs> you know, I mean, you know, people getting canceled left and right, girl. Okay. They're getting canceled. Twitter, so I mean, oh well, you're safe then. You can get canceled on Facebook. <laughs> Are they gonna find me? <laughs> no, they're not gonna. Then Facebook is too old for. <laughs> they're like, we don't know how to work this. <laughs> um. Okay, and then my final question for this segment. Mm-hmm. Another listener says, if you slip in the back, does it mean I can dick you down too? <laughs> <laughs> and I edited, I, I, I edited this question a bit. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, no, well, no, it does not mean that. <laughs> if I slip. I mean, it's all about consent, right? So... I mean, if, so, if I just happen to slip in, and you don't, you don't like it, you know, I'm, I'm almost positive you would tell me, "Hey, stop," and you know, and yeah, I don't know. Yeah, after that, there should be no no dicking down in that area on both parties. But okay, but the question is. If you slip it in the back, does uh-huh. that mean I can do it to you too? It, it depends on who you with. <laughs> <laughs> for you though, Bryant. For me, for me, no. No, it does not mean that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. I guess I have a follow up question to this. Um, and the, I mean, it's, it's straight uncomfortable, you know, sex questions. And I sense your uncomfortability with this question. So I'm going to continue. Um, (laughs) would you like, okay. Would you let your partner, Mm -hmm. uh, peg you like with a, with a dildo? Like, yeah. 
would you let them do that? I I don't think so. Okay. Uh, but I I don't know. I don't really know why I wouldn't let them do that though. Is the thing, and the thing is, is that like I mean, I've played with others' ass, uh-huh. you know, during those times, and they've played with mine. Mm-hmm. Uh, interesting. The the male G spot is in the ass. Yep. Yep. So yep. <laughs> so you know that's kind of like why. I let that happen, but I don't know about. I don't really know about the pagan thing. I don't know. So why. you I you don't know if you would I, like. I, I fool. think I would just be scared. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> that is so funny. <clears throat> penises, penises, penises are scary. Say, I so think I'd be scared. you said what? I said I'm not even gonna lie. I think I'd just be scared for it to happen to me. Well. They, yeah, I mean, I can I can see how that is scary for you, and I'm just confirming as someone, you know, who that who, as someone with this experience, it is scary at times. <laughs> Some people just have like scary like looking penises are like scary looking to me. <laughs> They are scary. So this is my follow-up question to that. If you would be scared to take it in the butt from your 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 partner, how do you think like they would how do you think they feel about like your 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 penis? I don't know. I would like to think that they enjoy my penis like looking at it. In the back, um, but like in the back. Oh, in the back? Yes. They probably don't want that. I don't think they I think they're scared too. <laughs> Everyone's scared. <laughs> yeah, I think they're scared too, so Yeah. So I guess yeah. no one's getting it from the back, huh? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I hopefully I hope maybe one day I'll get a straight guy to come on here and say yes to that question and then I will have <laughs> A flurry of backup questions for that person. <laughs> okay, but I think, you know, we can call this one, we can go to come to an end for this one that was straight uncomfortable sex questions for straight okay. men. That wasn't even bad. It wasn't? No. <laughs> okay. Okay, I guess, I guess I'm taking that as a challenge, Bryant. So when you come back on here next time, I'm going to have some, like, more uncomfortable questions for you. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, okay. So this so this is my segment. Um I call what's the tea. I'm, I'm I think I'm gonna call it that. This the name is provisional. Um it, so Brian, this is where I kind of like talk about some, pop culture or like media or something that's going on um when we were talking about the episode and like recording originally i was just like i don't want to talk about these protests i don't want to talk about these riots i'm like very drained from all of it um but then i was like hey let's talk about the (laughs) because you know there was one that happened in Eugene last night and 
I in I was like, you know, there's not a lot of black people here in general. So I'm like, I'm seeing these live feeds on Facebook and I'm just seeing white people like break into shit. And I'm like, huh, this looks like a KKK rally. <laughs> wow. And I was like, and then I woke up today. I was like, huh, I guess I was right. It was a KKK rally because the people that were there were from like Antifa groups and other like um like anarchists, white anarchist groups and then other like white supremacist groups were there, I believe. Um and there were like black organizers there and they were telling people like, hey, like this isn't what we wanted. We didn't want all of this like destruction and shit. And they were they just weren't like listening to them and they were just like breaking into the Sprint store, taking iPhones and breaking in the Jimmy John's and stealing large tubs of mayonnaise, which is very fitting. Um <laughs> I can find the video where this guy is walking out of you uh, out of the Jimmy John's here in Eugene with a large jar of mayonnaise and the guy holding the camera, the guy who's recording it say, why'd you take the mayonnaise? And then the guy says, I just, I just, I just needed some damn mayonnaise or some shit like that. <laughs> it's the whitest thing ever. I need to, you know what? Yeah. I'm going to link that. It's the whitest thing ever. Um, I'm sorry, that's hilarious. It is, hilarious. though, because it's like, and, and okay, that's another thing. It's like, it was like mostly like, it, it was like mostly like college age people, mm-hmm. mostly white men. And, you know, like, you know, this being the college town or somewhat of a college town, I'm like, oh, this must be the dudes that, you know, Go. These, this must be be the students that you owe. Is my first guess. Um, and so I'm like, okay, well, you know, that's interesting. I guess that's who I have to, you know, deal with on campus, and that makes sense why I don't feel safe on campus because you know, of all of that. <laughs> um, and it, it's just like, it's like. When, like, when a riot here happens and it's for black lives and it's just destructive, it's just like, okay, do you think that black people are destructive and, like, that's the way to honor their lives is just to cause chaos? Um, That's one question. And then another one I asked is, like, It's like, why, like, people are saying, like, you know, there were white supremacists using this as a, like, like causing the chaos and then just gonna, just so that they could blame it on black people or just using this uh, rally, this protest against this murder as a reason to cause, like, chaos. Right. 
and the media or people that see it would just automatically assume that it's, it's mm-hmm. you know it's the black folk yes anarchist yeah but the funny thing is i don't know if they're going to show i don't know if like what's happening in eugene is going to make national news because it runs against the the narrative um of the media right right because media wants to see like just scenes of black people, you know, protesting and stuff, but they don't want to see like white people using the protests of black people to like cause destruction on like their own towns. Right. And you know, that's crazy because I mean, it happens. Hell, it happens whenever uh, an NFL team wins a Super Bowl. Shit. Hmm. You got riots that happen, and it's mostly white people mm. uh, losing their damn minds. So is, <laughs> I mean, I mean, I mean, you know, there are people that have seen these types of things, and I think, like, you honestly should have shared the the videos of of them <laughs> doing this, stealing the damn mayonnaise. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You know, oh, I'm protesting. Hey, yeah, we might as well go up in Jimmy John's. I need, I need some mayonnaise and I need a sandwich. Jimmy John's don't even. Jimmy John's is not even good for real, in my opinion. <laughs> their their bread, they don't be putting nothing on their bread to make it less dry when you eat it. I mean, if you don't get mayo, yes, that's right. Um, yeah, uh, I just, I'm, I'm appalled. I don't, really, I don't. Like oh, a lot of, yeah. but like even with just the riots happening, like even with the murders, I mean, that alone, right. I mean, it, that happens like you know all the time, and we have a new story about it, you know, every once in a while. But mm-hmm. it's like now it's just intensified because we're at home. And we're all on our phones. Yeah, we're all yep. on our phones because the news isn't really covering it. At least the riot that happened in Eugene here, um, mm-hmm. the news only showed like little clips of it. But like you can see live streams of the whole thing on Facebook and Twitter, and right. you know, right. So it's like, it's, yeah, it's it's just you know it's. Is to the point, really, where you kind of become, in a way, desensitized to it because you 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 just have so much access to it, right? Yeah, and it and it keeps happening, so you're just, you know, you're like, oh, God, like here, here we go again. Like there's um, a friend of mine was told me today. He was like, it didn't take long, you know, once some states lifted, you know, their shelter in, like shelter in place or whatever, let people roam about didn't take long for you know for a murder to happen and it's like you know welcome to america (laughs) it's okay well i guess i have a question like do you think you know as a as a black as a black man do you think the desensitization is different than for like a white a white man that's a good question and I think that yes, it is different because we sh- like well one 
nobody should be desensitized to, you know, these foul things that are happening to human beings. Yeah. But, you know, uh, when it does happen, you get, like, I, I just feel like with a, a white person, it just wouldn't be, it's just not the same. Mm-hmm. Because things, like, the, the, they aren't being murdered in the, well, if they are being murdered in the street, then whoever did it is brought to justice. It's the it's the justice yep. part of it. Yep. that doesn't happen and that's what you become desensitized, desensitized. because yeah because it's like that yeah that's a really that's key because that's when because yeah that's probably where all of this kind of like yeah desensitization and just like general like pessimism um that i feel it, it right. comes from just knowing like well you know nothing's gonna get you know it's not gonna get solved anyway so you know right just why right. even give it attention but it's like i should i know i shouldn't be that way or maybe like maybe it's just how how i've like coped with it as like a black person seeing this all the time like growing up and seeing this and right. um i don't know if it's that or if it's like you know sometimes i feel like like oh like maybe i should like engage more with it like with the like rallying and protesting um and like maybe try to go attend things but i'm like it doesn't seem like it's you know even when measures certain measures are taken to have protests here at least it doesn't seem like it's going to be like very safe for me to do that and i'm generally a person that likes to be at home anyway so i'm definitely not gonna like put my life at double risk during a pandemic um but it's like i don't know i i like i feel like i should be having some kind of like larger reaction to it or like some kind of like i feel like i should be rallying within myself but i just feel really like drained and like with like void of emotion yes yes and that's 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 what it does to you because that's what it it does it does the same thing to me like i get i get drained and i get i literally don't because like i lose kind of a part of myself because Mm. i start being pessimistic Mm -hmm. and i have more negative thoughts than i usually would have Mm -hmm. and it just it just you know like it it affects you it affects you deeply whenever stuff like this happens and you know it's been happening for a while yes. and then yeah especially the you know the part where you know we, there's no justice scene or you know like like when George Zimmerman happened i think that's when i really like with the 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 fact that no like there was no justice it, that really got me and i think that really changed me uh whenever that happened like I, that was the first time i was like wow like i was literally like, that's some bullshit like that's, mm-hmm. that's what i thought i was like this is like how like how could this happen and then you know since then every time it happens and you know you shouldn't think this way but one of my thoughts is well i mean they're just gonna get away with it anyway 
You know. Well, that's. And, I mean, it's just a fact at this point. Yeah, and that that that's sad, right? Yeah, that's sad. It's extremely sad. It's just it. Even, it, it it kills me. <laughs> even if it it kills me, was that a was that a pun? <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, yes. I like. I'm just. I'm like dying to find like a way to make this humorous because that's the way I deal with things. Um, yes, I, I understand. <laughs> um. Anyway. Um. Yeah, like with um. Even even when they do, even in the when they do, like kind of like get convicted, like when police police officers get, um, like given a sentence and stuff, it's like usually like a very low sentence, doesn't match what they did, but it's right. like right. you know, black people on marijuana charges get twenty five years to life. <laughs> Right, exactly. And you know that that kind of goes to a post that I shared, where where it's no accountability. Like our justice mm. system, especially cops in general, have mm. no accountability because the people, the good cops that you do have, they're afraid to speak out because now they've broken that code. The code, right? yeah. They've broken that cop code. You don't speak out against a brother in arms. They're brothers in arms. It's like a military type thing, like type code. Brothers in arms, you don't speak out against what we do. Mm-hmm. You don't turn your back on the on the code. Another question. Oh, sorry. Keep there's, going. No, there's no accountability there. And any other profession, there is something in place help for you to be accountable mm. for your actions. Mm-hmm. Doctors have the medical board. Mm-hmm. Professors, researchers, scientists of all types, they have peer-reviewed journals, mm-hmm. things of that nature, etc. Mm-hmm. Things things that hold that hold you accountable that tell you whenever you mess up, they say, "Hey, you messed up. You need to either fix it or you're losing your job, or you're you're losing all your credentials, credibility, whatever. Cops don't have that, and that's the big main issue that I have with police officers is that they do not have that, and it it and it really does make me angry because anytime that something like this happens, you see other cops where they're like, ah, oh, well, you know, it was a tough situation. I mean, you know, we're, we're just trying to make it home to our family. This, no, 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 no. Mm-hmm. Just admit that they messed up. Mm-hmm. Just admit it. They did wrong. Mm-hmm. They don't do that. I remember. And it makes me great. <laughs> I remember what there was like this. Um, this is a tangent, but it's related. There was like this documentary that was on Netflix. It was about it was called Flint. I think it was called Flint and it was about the police officers in Flint and like it was like capturing this like training program that civilians go t- through. And this happened around the same time as um Orlando Castile. I no, Philando Castile, excuse me. Right. Um right and that whole thing and there was this one white cop in there in the show um and he was saying like 
so the Philando Castile happened, and then the Dallas um, police officer thing happened, where the right. black guy shot up, shot what was like shooting police officers. Um, I think he killed like four of them, and mm-hmm. this white guy who was just kind of like, I don't know, he's kind of, he, I I think he was a racist. Um, he's just very conservative and like. I don't know. He's just one of those police officers. But anyway, mm-hmm. he was when he was watching that, he was saying they're killing us. They're just sitting here and they're just killing us like we're nothing. Mm-hmm. And he was like really upset about the police officers like being shot. But I'm like, where like how? OK, if you can feel that for one of your own, someone who wears this uniform, you can feel that for a person. How come you cannot feel it for a black person? Exactly. Exactly. And I was, it's, it's just, it was just like a really weird, like thing to see. Cause this, this man who was very, he's a very, like, if you watch the, uh, the, the documentary, like he's a very, like, he just looks mean. He looks angry and mm-hmm. he's just a big white dude. And during this moment, he was, like, really, like, like on the verge of tears, kind of, like, felt feared for his life. And I'm, like, this is, it's, like, very ironic because it's, like, this is exactly how a black person feel, feels. You know what it feels like. You just don't want, like, you selectively feel it. When right. it When it's a black person, you just completely disregard that kind of, like, feeling of humanity or whatever that you give to white to a white person, you, you just completely shut it off when it's a black person when you see that, and it's just and like that, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's interesting that you say that because it is it. That's exactly what it is. I think they completely shut it off, and it's it's just it's like like how can you shut that off for another for another human? You know, just because I was born in my in my black skin. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, it, it just is to kind of go with you know your statement of you know it being ironic. Another thing that I saw uh, as well was like um, it was a post I shared. It was a of a uh, a white woman, I suppose, and she said something like it was like a tweet. She said something like, uh, "I'm afraid. I'm afraid." of raising my white sons in this difficult time. I'm afraid that they'll be judged or seen as the enemy because of the color of their skin. Just, <laughs> just like you're afraid for your sons, I'm afraid of for mine. I was like, is she serious right now? But it's like, again, it's like, you know exactly what it feels like to fear for your children and you don't want to listen to it when a black person says it and you don't want to hear the reasons why they're saying it and you want to believe that it's the same as yours right it's foolishness it really it it really is like i don't even know if it's ignorance anymore because yeah no it's it's not yeah you know it at that point you just refuse to accept it. 
I has to be more careful out here. <laughs> I have a I have a question. Like you had said something about like the police code, and right. how this is it's kind of like a bro code. And you know, we were in fraternities. Uh, right. We were in the same fraternity, and you know, there's a lot of like bro code stuff there. Like you know, written in certain rituals that we would follow. Right. So it's like. I guess my question is, do you feel like, you know, as men that were in a white fraternity, by the way, <laughs> do you feel like we, do you feel like you understand, like, the power that is behind this kind of, like, code that police officers keep? Yes, because, I mean, if you're if you're a police officer, one, you're automatically in this type of fraternal uh society in a way because i mean you can go you can just meet someone and you know if you both know that you're cops then you both have shared experiences shared things that you've been through that type of thing already right and so uh yeah i can i can definitely understand that and the thing is is that the toxic parts of these codes that members still, you know, keep up, that's that's the issue, right? And the people that do speak out against it, they get shunned or, you know, or, you know, seen a different way. Oh, he's he's not one of us. Mm-hmm. I mean, he is, but he he ain't one of us. You know what I'm you, you understand what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. And that keeps so, it it keeps silence it keeps it keeps the people that are like the good quote-unquote good cops that want to speak out it keeps them from doing so because they don't want to seem like they don't want to be uh you know disbanded from the book from the brotherhood right exactly and then now you know you speak out or something like that or you do something to harm another officer in any type of way emotionally mentally physically now you're seen as the outcast. And, uh, I mean, there's even movies about it where it happens. Hmm. Uh, what well, first thing that comes to mind, uh, is that what's that movie bright with Will Smith. Oh, and, uh, and um, is his name? Joel, Mc- is it Joel something. Anyway, oh, the, I, the I, Joel I, guy uh-huh. is like an ogre or something like that. And he ends up, like protecting another member of his race, ogre or something, mm. like, and like the police force, they like shun him in a way, and he's like kind of an outcast, and he gets put uh, as partners with Will Smith. You know, Will Smith is already not really trusting him. That's that's the type of thing that happens. Mm. I think and it's it's sad. It's sad. Ooh. Yeah, I mean. I asked the fraternity question because I've been reflecting more on my experience um, in it. And I don't know if, you know, the rise of these violent white supremacist acts right in my back door, mm-hmm. um, backyard. I don't know if it's all has something to do with that and me reflecting on like, college in a way and the my experiences with racism there 
Um, but yeah, I've been thinking more about my fraternity experience and just kind of drawing parallels between like structurally, like the structurally the way a fraternity is ran, it's kind of ran how which rich white America runs things. Black right. people do all of the work and white people take credit for it. <laughs> you thought I was going to say some, you know, educated, but it's that what I said was exactly that. <laughs> and you're laughing because you see the relation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you definitely said something there. Oh, man. Yeah, I, I never even made that parallel. I think you're exactly right. <laughs> wow. Yeah, and I, you know, I talked to my, my brother is um a Delta Chi, and, right. you know, he's with them country, you know, them country whites. Um, the, the, the good old boys. The good old boys, yeah, he is with, he's with the, the good old boys, and he be telling me about them, and they got some damn they got they have serious problems and issues and it's coming because they come from these families these wealthy white families and they can't ever like live up to whatever or they you know their family's legacy or whatever um and so they have all of these issues or whatever and then they're just my brother's like and then they're just like you know racist as fuck and i have to like tell them not to say the n-word like er high hard er <laughs> yeah. not even the a the no hard, the hard er yes <laughs> and i'm like yeah you know that's somewhat similar um i, I dealt with a, a similar set but not as like it wasn't leaning on that way mm-hmm. um but still like yeah i guess i've just been seeing the the parallels um, between how America is ran and certain institutions in America are ran and how my fraternity experience was for me, you know. And the thing about it, too, the ironic thing is that we were, I still are, you know, like one of the most diverse groups on campus you know yeah a so, particular chapter you know, like to like the outside it's like oh you know everything must be fine over there look at look at all the different people that they have <laughs> you know? look at all those blacks <laughs> <laughs> look at them laughing look yes <laughs> yes we we really have overcame <laughs> <laughs> and then and then you know don't get me wrong i love all my brothers I do. for sure but, uh we're just know. calling it like we're seeing it at this point it's just <laughs> yeah know. it's just it's just i don't know i guess it's just too much in a way maybe <laughs> hmm. uh, yeah okay so the, what, oh, oh go Oh, well, I was saying, and then, you know, like, it's funny that you mentioned, like, your brother's fraternity and how, you know, he has these brothers that are, 
you know, can't live up to the family legacy. I feel like there was a lot of, with our brothers, there were some that were trying to shun it in a way. And then they kind of like overdid it. If that makes sense. I don't know. They were trying to shun it by. They were just being, you know, like. Rebellious. Going as far as far away from that as possible i guess as far as way from their conservative parents or or just i guess yeah 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 yeah. okay and it was still racist (laughs) yeah (laughs) okay okay so we're on the same page yeah no that's how i experienced it that's how i experienced it yeah another thing that i go to um is you know people are protesting you know one particular life but right. there are, you know, the lives of trans women, other mm-hmm. black trans women, other black queer people and, you know, black women being murdered as well by state officials and then just being murdered just in general all the time. And, right. you know, you talked about, you know, Trayvon Martin being someone like that situation being one that was very memorable to you and one that made you like open your eyes. And then, you know, with say her name and Sandra Bland and that wave, I, that's when I started to see, Oh wow. Like there's a whole other section of black lives matter that, if it's media, that media or or black people in general don't pay attention to, and that's the lives of like black women being like sh- like shot and killed and like kidnapped and just like terrible things, and their murders not being solved. And there's many things. There's like Tales of the Grim Sleeper is one of is an example of this. It's it's an HBO documentary. Um, about a serial killer who was killing black sex workers in LA and how the police were just, um, they weren't covering up the murders. They just weren't investigating them. Um, I think it happened in the nineties or something like that. Um, but anyway, um, yeah. And it's like, that's, that's stuff that we don't know regularly. And, I just I get upset when only one name is is being rallied for and it's typically a you know cisgendered hetero presumably heterosexual black man and right, right. it's not ever a black trans woman or black trans man um or other black queer people that are also facing violence right and I, I think too because they it just isn't it isn't broadcast you know you know what I mean like it is it isn't broadcast and I don't I don't I do know why it's because you know that nobody's gonna pay attention to it just because of what it is Hell, they barely they they trying to ignore what's happening to to just you know uh, cisgender people. Uh, 
black yeah cisgender black people so it it's just <laughs> hmm. it's really just a, a tough situation and a, a messed up situation mm-hmm what what was the most recent? Um, um yeah, I just yeah, I, I was gonna uh, female. I think she was cisgender though. Yeah, uh, no, there. Um, yeah, Brianna Taylor and then um, Tony McDade, who was um a black trans man, uh, right. murdered by the police, um, in Tallahassee. And um, when they were recounting this story, they misgendered him, Tony. Um. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this often happens uh, when when black trans people are killed um, and things like that. And. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess this is like, I don't know why. I guess this is something that I also like struggle with, too. It's like, OK. If I since I know this information about the fact that black women, black trans women and black queer, I mean black queer uh people are um like being murdered and at the same rates and it's not being talked about. I guess I get like into myself when I don't um speak out about it. Right. But then it's also like and I I guess I've started to do so in my own little way, like I guess starting a podcast. <laughs> um, but I I want to do more, but I also like am in general just hesitant to um, wanting to be involved in any kind of like political group because I, I honestly think because I've had negative experiences um, with just um, institutional groups in general uh, from being in a fraternity. Right. Um, and I just know how cert- like organizations work and how sometimes there is no point in which like I guess I guess I've just had a terrible experience being with in an organization where where it was like just power hungry people. Um, right, right. And I guess I just don't want to encounter that in an organization that is fighting for um, the lives of, of, of black people. But I don't I don't know. Wh- I don't know why my mind immediately goes there to like that will be my experience because I don't know that. Uh, probably because it was it was just very it was a very uh maybe an eye-opening experience for you a very pivotal moment in your life mm-hmm. uh events mm-hmm. and also you know the fact that you get so uh worked up about the fact that you know these black trans men and women aren't being you know talked about enough is that it's like it's another part of you that's being silenced right mm-hmm. so uh, and so like, it's understandable that you would be so worked up about it too. Hmm. And, uh, I think the reason that it's not broadcast too is with the, even within our own, you know, black community, there's still so much, uh, transphobia, homophobia that yeah. it's, it's just, it's just ridiculous. 
and that's something that you know we need to address as well uh because <clears throat> and i and i think you know the majority knows that too so they don't mm. they don't broadcast it you know they say don't more broadcast it say more it. say more say more so i think that uh you know white folks also know that we're not that we're uh we have people within our community that are homophobic transphobic and they don't want to broadcast or they, they you know they will you know do certain things to these trans men and women or or, or these people that are um you know a part of the lgbtq uh community and you know that there won't be as much outrage because um people in the in the black community there are some that would would probably not see anything wrong with it because of how they feel about uh lgbtq people yeah uh as well and and it's a shame because it's really it's all hate right it's all hate and the fact that you're perpetuating that hate um thinking that it's something different than racism and it's not it's it's still it's still hate yeah. you know if you're raising you if you regardless of what uh what color, what color you are if you're raising your your children your family members to be homophobic and transphobic you're still wrong and you're you're just as bad as a person that's racist in my opinion yeah and i don't even think that's an opinion that's fact that's back right there facts on facts um going back to just like about the black community in general um i definitely get the um you know the majority not really the majority knowing that there are black people that don't care about like black queer and trans people um and then it also made me think it's like you know black women too it's like, you know, typically, typically when these murders happen, when people rally over some kind of black issue or black idea, it's usually just uh, black men that they're showing or 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 saying their names for. Um, right. And, you know, with. I mean, this is why I in in you know in my in my classes and in my coursework, um, I make sure to always teach black women in my class, and I make sure to always like cite them in my work because I think think like you know thinking from that. Um, place where interlocking oppressions happen um i think black women are the best to tell us about that and i i guess i just i don't want i don't want this same narrative that you should only care about black issues when it's a black man I don't want people to like think that I want them to like, see like, 
be for all black people. Like when you're for black people, don't just support black men. Like, right. you know, right. it, th- that like you sh- like it, it shouldn't stop just there. Um, and, you know, I, I am very thankful to the black women in my life for continuing to show me um, the like the way I'll just say that. <laughs> Um. Yeah. Yeah, and and I think unfortunately, what kind of drives the fact that black just uh, maybe black men only being shown mm-hmm. is the fact is the other side is the you know the people that are have so much hate mm-hmm. because unfortunately the people that think like that a lot of the times too they. Uh, are also hyper masculine mm-hmm. and believe you know women are also lesser mm-hmm. uh, too. So a lot of the times they don't really see black women or uh, you know members of the LGBTQ community as much of a threat or as or they don't care as much mm. because maybe they can easily or ease they can silence them easier. Than the black man, if mm. that makes sense, because so, they mm. are even they are even less than you know what you know what I mean. Yeah. Like the black man is more threatening because this is a threat to my masculinity in right that, here. So you're saying in a white man's mind or a white person's yes. mind? Yes. Okay. It's, I, I think that would be my your my my thought process. Your theory. Process your theory. <laughs> be your th- yeah. Um. Uh, Brian, I think I think you just bought your way, you know, back into another episode because <laughs> we got to continue this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd love to. Yeah. All right, let's uh, move on from here and to my final segment. I call "I'm So Done," and this is basically the space where you can just. Tell me what you were Nordwick for the week. I feel like, you know, what we've been talking about this whole episode were things that we were annoyed with this week. But if there's like one particular thing out of the past week that you were annoyed with, this is a place where you kind of like give your final, I guess, t- uh, rant about it. Okay. All right. All right bet. So what I'm so done with would be the 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 Karens of the <laughs> world. I'm so I'm so done yes. with that. Like the fact that someone had the nerve to post mm. about how they're afraid for their white their white male children and you know and is this is this like how So how this is a Facebook be? post you're talking about? Yeah, how can you be this? How can you be this dense and this ignorant about this? Like that—that that is exactly how black people, black parents, have felt for generations. And it's something that every black person has gone has had that conversation with their parents. Their parents have have told them this, mm-hmm. and it's just like <laughs> as is is. It's really, it's really baffling 
that they just don't get it. Really, to be honest with you, like it's 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 like a a lack of empathy, really, for black like, people. I, yeah, because yeah, they have you have empathy for other white mm-hmm. people. You just don't have right. it for for yeah, black people. For black people, I just I just don't care about y'all. That's what it says to me. Mm-hmm. I just do not care about y'all. Mm-hmm. So that's what you're done with. I'm done with it. Mm-hmm. Done with. Huh. <sighs> Gee. I guess what I would be done with this week. I think the president should stay off Twitter. (laughs) You know, I think he should just stay off Twitter. (laughs) I think I'm just going to leave it there. I don't, I don't, I don't have to say any more than that. He's waging a war against Twitter and all social media. And just pe- like inciting anger. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't think that's good. <laughs> right? Am I like, am I, am I crazy for like, you know, saying that he should just, you know, stay off and no, okay. no. That's that's what we've all thought pretty much since he's been elected. Okay, you need to stay off Twitter, <laughs> please. And and <laughs> he's he's still you know on it, saying shit, stupid shit. And you know what kills me is that his supporters will defend him to the bitter end. And you know I, I saw something very interesting someone pointed out they said for someone that y'all claim to have voted for him and love him so much because he tells it like it is y'all show do a lot of explaining of what he meant <laughs> when, he, when he says certain things and he, here is another area where it's like very ironic because it's like it takes a very great it's a very good um critical thinking skill to take his words and refabricate them in such a way to where you you like make yourself believe it and you make other people you try to convince other people um believe that he wasn't wrong like that is a talent that is a talent it's a it's a it's it's a talent to do that and it's like you do all of this like mental gymnastics is the term that, that I like um, for this, but you can't like not like you can't like stop like being shitty to black people. Right. Right. <laughs> so it's like you you said like, I don't think it's about ignorance anymore. I agree. It's not about ignorance. It's like, it's like, it's like very blatant now. It's like they don't give a fuck. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like it's it's like it's like fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much, pretty much. It's just like, uh... mm. and it's like you know, 
I, 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 you know, I like to be friends with, with people who have different, um, you know, political backgrounds, like just different perspectives in general. I think that is from being around so many conservative straight white men in a fraternity. Um, but I like, I like to have, you know, different uh, points of view. Right. But with, you know, Trump and certain things about him and certain things that his administration are doing, I think I'm starting to see that I like, if those people are like still very supportive of him, I think I'm going to like start cutting them off. Cause I'm like, okay, like this, no, I no, you can't be in my life and, and think this is okay. Yeah. It, and I think too, to be honest with you, I think that, you know, his whole beliefs and how he does things, it's really transcended uh, conservatism and gone on to something else, something else entirely. And I think that those that support him, that's what they wanted the whole time. Mm. And that's why they've stuck behind it. Mm. Well, see, the thing is, you know, if we think about Trump as a television personality, because he is, he has mm-hmm. a great piece of television called Celebrity Apprentice, um, particularly season four with NeNe Leakes is my favorite. Um, right. He he knows good television. He knows <laughs> he knows how to work the media. Right. He's a celebrity. Right. So I think that I don't think that this is my conspiracy theory. I don't think that he's actually like. I don't think he actually believes some of the stuff he says. I might retract that statement, but I'll keep going. (laughs) I don't think he actually believes some of the stuff he says. I think he says certain things. Because he knows the reaction it'll get. And he knows that he could spin it a certain way in the media. His concern is the media. He's, I don't, he, his, the rest, like the administration with these bills and all of this other stuff. I don't think he has much dealings with that because he's on Twitter all the time. Right. Right. There's no way he there's no way he is doing he is working. There's no way he's working if he's on Twitter every hour of the day. So I think I think you're absolutely right. Like he because really he pays he he puts full focus on media media and he's perceived in it. And if you are negative about him in any way, he attacks you. So I think and you're absolutely right. That's another thing. The president is able to attack people on Twitter and no one can do it. Like no one does anything. He attacks journalists, celeb, other celebrities, other politicians right. on Twitter. <laughs> 
And then, you know, he said, I mean, I don't know why everybody freaked out about him calling, like, saying thugs. He said worse. <laughs> but I guess it was so obvious, you know, with the recent tweet he said about the thugs. Um, mm-hmm. I thought he was talking about white people, honestly, because, you know, I associate I, when I see the word thugs, I think about the white folks that are were tearing up Jimmy John's down the street <laughs> last night. That's what a thug is to me. Sandwiches. <laughs> Thugs making sandwiches. That sounds like a web series. <laughs> um, but you know, I don't like. I don't really know why people were like outraged about that. But but again, like media, he knew. He knew that that would get a reaction. And he knew that nobody could, nobody would do anything to him. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Trump is a nigga. <laughs> You've seen that um, SNL skit called Them Trumps? No. It's basically uh, Kenan Thompson. Uh, it's like basically the scenario, the premise is that what if Trump was black and right. Kenan Thompson plays Trump and it's just basically like Kenan Thompson like does something that Trump did and he, mm-hmm. he it, the show's over because he's getting thrown in jail. <laughs> But Trump, you know, that don't happen to Trump. He is the OG nigga. (laughs) (laughs) He should write a rap. He should write a rap album. He should write a rap album. He should write a rap album after he's done with being president. Boy, I I think so. I was talking to a friend today and uh, it was something he tweeted out. I guess there was like riots or protests going on in DC. He said something about like how the Secret Service like quickly shut it down. <laughs> and then he was like, We officially making it Mega Night tonight or something like that. And I was just like, like who, who needs to know this or who like who It's officially a Mega Night. Was it because it was his birthday? I don't know. Like he was just like, "Oh, we shut that down. We shut them protests down. How dare they even try?" Anyway, it's gonna be Maganite over here at DC. <laughs> Have fun. DC. Have fun. <laughs> Have fun with Billy Bob and them. <laughs> I guess, girl. It's like it's like Trump is the popular girl at school. Mm-hmm. who no one like really is friends with but she got a nice ass house and <laughs> you really want to get invited to that party but it's like <laughs> you know you go to it and it's like you know this isn't you know this isn't really what I thought it would be and then you leave <laughs> that's our president I think yeah, I think you're absolutely right. <laughs> Brian, are you just gonna agree with every with every thing? I, I don't really, I don't really see like, uh, I don't really see like a contradiction in that. Like that's that's true. 
But it's just like that is such a that's such an absurd statement to make about a a nation's president and I would I would even take it further and I would say that is America right now or it has been for for a good while. America has been the popular America. girl at school. Yep. That I was really friends with them. You get <laughs> you get invited to the house for the party. And everybody, want, everybody wants to be invited to the house. Wants, you know, wants to be in in good favor or whatever with America. And then, like, you know, you get here, you know, and you realize, like, this ain't this. This ain't it. <laughs> and you and you leave. <laughs> and you leave. Mm-hmm. That's you the important part. You get what you wanted and you leave. You get. <laughs> You get a goodie bag and you get, you take you some cake because they got it from Publix. Right. And you leave. Right. Exactly. That is America. That's America. We we can end it there. That is a good ending. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Um, Well, Brian, thank you so much for, for coming on. And I really feel like this was like, you know, like a jam session. <laughs> Us just like talking about the craziness that is going on and just yeah, I I've I felt like this was a great um bonding session for us too. Yes, I had a great time. Yeah. I always enjoy uh having discussions with you. So it was it was a great time. I love I loved every second of it. Oh. Um no, I appreciate that, and I, I, I didn't think you were gonna like be funny. I, th- I thought you were gonna be kind of like dry and dull, but you, oh. you surprised me. <laughs> That's not even me. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why. I don't know why I was expecting that. Yeah. You know. Because I'm a scientist, isn't it? Y'all always. Yeah, judge us. <laughs> I do. I do stereotype. You know, you, you, you STEM folks. I do, and I end up meeting some, some some uh very great uh black stem folks so maybe maybe the white stem people ruined it for me <laughs> that might be it that, yeah, might, that might be, be it. it i don't know there's a couple though they cool yeah yeah um you can follow the podcast on instagram and twitter at go black boy go and you can listen to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts um i that would repeat it so we're gonna keep going on uh bryant uh, what is your social media info that you want to give the folks? Oh, um, so, uh, myself and a couple of very great friends of mine, uh, also are starting up a, well, kind of like a podcast, uh, Facebook type thing. Uh, it's called chocolate bar. Mm-hmm. Uh, so look us up on Facebook. Uh, and we actually have a video on Facebook, so we love your support, your feedback, uh, asking us questions, uh, chocolate bar on Facebook, uh, take a look, take a look and, uh, enjoy. And yeah. Oh yeah. I'm, I'm glad you, um, plugged y'all because yeah, I was, uh, wondering when, if y'all were still, um, like setting up the podcast and stuff, or are y'all going to be mainly on Facebook? Yeah, I think we're we're still setting up the podcast okay. and everything. Uh, kind of tell everyone what the show will be about. Oh, 
so yes, yeah, so chocolate bar, uh, we literally talk about anything and everything. Uh, if there's something that you want us to talk about, we'll talk about that. But mainly, we talk about uh, society, pop culture, uh, literally anything and everything under, under the sun. Any, anytime that you would tune into an episode, it would be something different. So, you know, like uh, one of one of the uh, members of Chocolate Bar said, "You'll never know. You'll never." know what surprise you'll get in this box so um and yeah i'll definitely have to come on and make things um sexually awkward yes yes do it because that's what i do with 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 y'all yes (laughs) so i'll do that um all right well thank you brian and um yeah like i said this has been great and i'm glad i'm glad i had a laugh with somebody <laughs> i'm glad i had a laugh because like i said my i have usually have pretty dark humor so i haven't been able to really find a way to joke about this to like make it like i don't make make me process it more um right but so i'm glad that we can joke about white people stealing mayonnaise Let me like let me hold on while you're here. Let me just like let me find the video so that we can hear some audio. (laughs) That's what I'm thinking. And somebody was like, I'm hungry. hungry?" I don't even think it was that. I think it was he just wanted to throw some damn. Where can I go? Now I want some Jimmy John's. Girl, you don't want no damn Jimmy John's. <laughs> now I need to order me a gargantuan. <laughs> Jimmy John's. I, okay. I. The only problem I have with Jimmy John's is cold. So every time that I get it, I warm it up in a microwave. <laughs> um, see, the bread is just always tough to me. It is. It is kind of stiff, isn't it? A little stiff. <sighs> okay, let me find this video. Okay. Where's the mayonnaise? Because I'm fucking broke and I need mayonnaise. Did you hear him? Can I ask you a question? Where's the mayonnaise? Because I'm fucking broke and I need mayonnaise. Because I'm fucking broke and I need mayonnaise. <laughs> you know what? He sound like the black person, for real. You say like like if you like if you hadn't told me it was a white person, I would I would have thought it was just a black person. <laughs> well, I don't know. I have another set of questions, and I don't know. That scares me <laughs> that you thought it was a black person. It was a black person. If it was something else besides mayonnaise, but I know something. Oh, so the man the mayonnaise gave it away. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> No, that makes sense. All right. Let's, uh, well, Brian, um, hope you take care. And again, thank you for coming on. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. I had a wonderful time. All right. Uh, See y'all next time. See you next time. Because I'm fucking broke and I need mayonnaise.